Uh, and I'll set to go. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna. Yeah, they get a good one. I was prepping the sermon and everything. Uh, I'd like to get different viewpoints, different um, ideas on on the passage. And so I flipped open the commentary to see what it had to say about it. And kind of paraphrasing here, but it said this is a deep, complex passage. Good luck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so trying to communicate that with, with others. So half of me is just like, yes, let's take it out. The other half is like, yeah, maybe I should do something else. Um, but I think it's what um, yeah, he has for us here today. So um, let's pray. Father God, I just thank you so much for this day, Lord, that you've given us, Lord. Um, just a chance to come together as believers, Lord, to lift up praise and worship to you, Lord. Um, to be there for one another, um, through the joys and the pains, Lord. Lord, you designed the church in such a powerful, awesome way, Lord, where we just there's just so so much power and healing and stuff that comes when we meet together and are there for one another. We see your love and your grace um, just pour through that. So be with us now. Give me your words. Open up our ears and our hearts for what words here. Year, huh? <laughs> so, uh, for just the normal things going on, I mean, man, what a year. Um, with, with COVID, all the changes that we've seen globally, nationally, local level, just so much going on, so much change, so much to keep up on. Um, I don't know how many times we've kind of thrown out of our comfort zone on different things. And then just personal life stuff happens all the time. And with that, I think there can be some times that I've come a glutton for punishment um, with all the craziness and stuff that we've seen already. Um, you know, we decided to do some extra things this year. So the past year, now our family, we started the adoption process. Um, we started two new troops, the Trailer and the Heritage Girls. Um, in our uh, my office here, we went from three financial advisors down to two, uh, added some new licenses, and so we're able to do more, uh, have more options uh, for that. Um, well, we opened an office in Mankato, um, and just for the fun of it, taking an extra class to get some fancy designations for, like I said, the fun of it, which includes eight classes with about 7,623 pages of reading. Um, <laughs> we also decided to take on some home improvement projects, which I found out I do not have patience for money. Um, <laughs> pass on that every time. Um, just... Um, and while we're doing all this, um, we're doing a missed job, job change with, with that Jasmine took. I'm opening a new store, working long hours, and being in training for four months away. away. Um, did I miss anything? <laughs> oh, we had COVID. So, so um, going through that, you know, and, and um, all that fun stuff. So, I mean, wow. Needless to say, when as we're getting close to a couple, like a month ago, we're getting, we took a vacation. As we're getting closer there, we were kind of counting the days. We're like, we're ready for this. We need this as a, as a individually, as a family. Um, we get this time right. It's actually just a wonderful time to kind of get away, have some uh, focused, quality time with family, and um, just a chance to refresh. And what, you know, uh, joy, that refreshment. Just, oh, it feels so good, doesn't it? 
refreshed. Um, so praying that Joe and Lisa are able to do the same um, as they're going to. Um, when we got back, though, and I was prepping for this, um, I asked, asked the kids yesterday, and I looked at them and said, like, what during the trip, though, was most refreshing for you? What, what just filled you up? Um, relaxed you, got you, um, filled you with peace. Um, for Jasmine, it was sitting on the deck, facing the lake with a cup of coffee in the morning or night, and just soaking in the atmosphere. Uh, for me, um, where we were staying, we were up in Michigan, and they had these sand dunes um, next to Lake Michigan. And it was baseball catch on a sand dune. Um, just doing that, that was just perfect rest for me. Um, I know that wasn't for Ariel because she constantly gave me eye rolls and saying, can I be done now? <laughs> and I said, no, my vacation too. You're playing for another 15 minutes. For her though, it was, the, the, she mentioned the paddle boards, you know, going on the lake and just paddling around uh, on there, seeing the different, otters and all of the different wildlife. Uh, for Sawyer, they had a little trampoline out on the water, just playing on there and having fun. Lucy, um, rock finding. They had a bunch of different rocks and uh, fossils and stuff you could find there. Uh, all little moments where we just kind of felt that peace, that rest uh, that we needed. Uh, and how do you think, you know, rest? It just seems so hard to find in the grass, doesn't it? Uh, it's something that, it's almost like it has to be like anti-human nature. I mean, because God commanded us, take this rest. Seven days you will rest. If it was human nature, he wouldn't have commanded it, right? Um, it's something that, as things goes on, I know in my life and stuff, as I get busy, it's just something that can continue. I'll just kind of keep on going, and then that gets pushed aside, um, physically and spiritually. And then all of a sudden, I get to the point where it's just, you realize that it's, it's too much and you gotta take it. And, uh, just kind of so elusive and yeah, it comes in so many different ways and everything. Sometimes you know you go, you think, okay, if I go on this vacation, I'll get rest. But you ever have that where you go on vacation, you come back like I need a rest from that vacation kind of feeling? It's, it's so elusive and hard to find and I think it comes at multiple levels. That's kind of why they said that this passage is interesting. This is not a, just a breeze over thing. This is a, a passage where you guys need to go home and dig deep for yourselves. So I can't cover it all at one time. Or you won't want me to cover it all about today. We'll be here for a while. Um, but so many times, you know, we, we desire, we need rest. Um, but don't really enter into it. And that kind of brings us to our passage here. Um, it'll be in Hebrews chapter 4, and a little background with this is, you know, we have a men's Bible study um, that meets every other Saturday morning, 7.30, and Captain Coffee, if you guys are interested, join us, it should be a blast. Um, but this was our last passage that we did, and it's just how great it is to be able to, to go through things like this as, as a group, share our hearts, dig deep, show, uh, being able to pull some scripture each other, sharing that with each other, which is so much wealth uh, that comes from that. And um, I just had a just a great time diving in. I wanted to share it with you. Um, so Hebrews chapter four, starting at verse one, um, it starts up with the word therefore. 
And as the old saying goes, every time you see the word therefore, you got to go back and see what it's there for. So to give a little background information, the book of Hebrews here, authors kind of unknown, they think it's Paul, maybe Apollos, but definitely someone that knew the Old Testament, knew the Jewish traditions, customs, and is right to Jewish believers. Um, so it fits right along with, with uh, churchgoers. It's written to people um, um, sharing their faith. And right before this, in um, chapter 3, it talks about, actually kind of streamlines really good what Joe's going over with, with Exodus. It talks about the Israelites in the wilderness and how they've been wandering around. And they came to the promised land and sent in the spies, got the report, giants and stuff in there. And they said, too big, big of a job. Um, we don't want it. want to do it. They came to that promise, that, that promised rest that God given them uh, from slavery in Egypt through the deserts and everything. And they said, no, we, we don't want to take that step of faith in. And they backed off. Um, and so that's kind of the background there. But in verse 1 it says, therefore, let us fear if while a promise remains of entering his rest, um, any one of you may be seen to come uh, come short of it. For indeed, we have had good news preached to us, just as they had also. But the word they heard did not profit them, because it was not united by faith in those who have heard it. I'll just take a little more on those two verses here. Um, I want to recap just a little bit all what the Israelites saw before getting to that moment. They're in Egypt. Um, they saw the, the ten plagues getting, uh, getting free from there, the, the Red Sea crossing, the parting, and drowning Pharaoh's chariots. Um, manna in the desert, they had the pillar of fire and cloud to guide them. Um, God provided meat and water uh, for them even in the desert. All these different provisions there at Mount Sinai, as Bill was talking about, here in the thunder of God. Um, all these wonderful things that they've seen, yet they get to the promised land, and fear and doubt and everything takes over, and they fail to take that step in. They're right there at the edge, and they just don't step over. Verse 2, it says, you know, in verse 2 there, that all that they went through, it profited them nothing. All those moments that they've seen God at work, that they've heard his voice in the thunder, that they've seen him act, it did nothing because they did not unite it with faith. Wow, I don't know about you guys, but that's a that's a punch to the gut kind of statement. Um, it, it really kind of uh, kind of shakes me. Now, how often do I do that? Like God brings me right up to this promise of this is what I provided for you. This is your 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 rest, and we don't cross into it. Um, I think a lot of times we're like a two year old. You guys ever had that where they probably spend too much time at grandma and grandpa's house? Um, had too much fun, and it's time to go to bed, and they absolutely refuse. And they get more and more ornery and, and, and whiny and crying and tired. And what, what's the one thing that they need? Rest. They need rest. What's the one thing they're fighting? Rest. Rest. I mean, we do that so much in our own lives, is that, you know, we try to bear it on ourselves and to think that we can provide that rest. But we can't. God has it right there for us. Um, 
but we get in the way. Going on in verse 3, uh, for, uh, for we who have believed enter that rest, just as he said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Um, through his works were finished from the foundation of the world. So he's just saying that those Israelites, too, when they were um, got to the promised land, they said that, um, no, we're, we don't want to trust God in this. There's too many, you know, there's giants there. Um, what was their punishment for that? They didn't enter that rest. They said, fine. Because of your disobedience, you're wandering for 40 years, and so your generation dies off, and the new generation will enter in. Um, and like I said, this is much deeper than just physical rest. This goes to a spiritual too. So just have, um, having that sink in too, that this, the rest that they were denied, is not just that promised land. But then disobedience called um, missing for an eternal rest as well. Um, heavy, heavy words. But was that God's plan? No, his plan is really sets from the foundational world for us to, to get that rest. But we but we're disobedient. We um, we get in the way of that so often. Going back in verse two too, um, real quick. Um, why that happened? Like their faith was not, or their uh, the word was not united with faith. Um, Charles Spurgeon, uh, and he quoted from him, is, it said, "The word and the faith by themselves are dormant, but together, energy and force are created." And in high school, we had an awesome science teacher, uh, me and uh, Nate Walton, Christoph Dundas. We were, got. Um, I know we were just kind of his favorites or something like that because after class he'd be like, hey, come in the back room, let me show you something. And we did all these neat little experiments. It was so much fun. Um, but one of my favorite ones he always did is just water and sodium. And if you have not seen that reaction, YouTube it today. It's amazing. But you got water, it just sits there, right? You get this piece of sodium, which seems like harmless it's, and everything. It's nice and shiny, looks nice. But when you put them together, what happens? Reaction like crazy. I mean, it ignites in flame. It gets underneath water. Like if it gets completely submerges, this that energy is so impactful. Um, when our other science teacher did this um, to show us this reaction, he did it inside of a fishbowl. He got too far in, and there's a little mini explosion. It blew up the size of the fishbowl. We had water glass all over. Um, just a little tiny piece, you know. Um, so just. It just has that big reaction uh, when the two are together. Uh, but by themselves, it doesn't do a whole lot. We need God's word and we need uh, the faith uh, to live it out. Um, verse 4, for he said, Some were concerning the seventh day, um, and God rested on the seventh um, from all his works. He showed us how we need to rest, and we need to physically rest. Like I said, I get so caught up with everything going on um, that I don't take that rest and I miss it. So God says, no, physically take a rest so you can rest spiritually. If we're not taking that rest physically, it's hard to take it spiritually. Because um, we need to slow down, take it, have a chance for God to speak to us um, in those quiet moments. If we're constantly running and got all those other things in our head, 
We're not going to hear God's voice in that. He shows us an example. He goes, even on the seventh day, I rested. So I took, I sat back and I looked at what I've done and admired it. Verse 5, and again, this passage, um, they shall not enter my rest. Uh, referring back to the Canaanites. Therefore, since it remains for some um, to enter it, and those who formerly had good news preached to them failed to enter it because of their disobedience. Um, like I said, once again, it's not because they didn't enter the rest, not because of God being mean, but because a lot of times we're just stubborn. Um, we fail to, to take that step. Um, again, he fixes a certain date today, saying, Through David, after so long a time, just as has been said before, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Um, in these verses, you know, we see that right, it, once again, it goes on to, to say, you know, um, or excuse me, and go on to verse 8. For if Joshua had given them rest, he would have spoken of another day. Um, would he have not spoken of another day after that? So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. So it clearly spells it out there. You have it talking about the physical kingdom um, and getting that promise and getting that rest from slavery and, and the desert living. Uh, but it goes much deeper than that. It, uh, very clearly says that, you know, if that was the case once they got there, if all we needed was that spirit or that physical rest, um, the emotional rest of just kind of going through the wilderness, everything would have been done. Once they got into the, to the promised land, these have been satisfied, and, and that the story has been over. But there's more to it than that. There's a, definitely a, like a, a spiritual fatigue that, can have, uh, that we can have that's not just dependent on our uh, physical activity. Uh, I think we see this a lot of times just in. Uh, I think like, think about it. the people that, that aren't, aren't working. Uh, uh, the people that even before, like you know, we've been to Haiti in different places, um, there's just a spiritual uh, fatigue uh, that comes with just some different situation that goes beyond the physical. Uh, uh, think of the, I think of the nursing homes, especially this past year, um, not being able to be connected with people and everything. Um, physically, probably no need for rest, right? Not not doing a whole lot, but there is definitely some fatigue there. Um, we get to see that under just wearing that chain of, 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 of fatigue. Um, you know, Jasmine, right before the job change, was working at, at St. Luke's in the main area. We just talked about that how the first couple weeks things they're saying, yeah, this is going to be a short time. I think people did pretty good. But once they realized that it wasn't going to be so short of a term, they saw just that spiritual fatigue going. And, they stop making eye contact. They stop talking to people that were very lively and just start to, to shut down. There's definitely that um, um, spiritual fatigue that's not connected necessarily to, to physical. It goes on. Therefore, let us be diligent to enter the rest, so that no one will fall, to fall in the, um, the same example of disobedience. Um, it, it just kind of hits me that how many times have they kind of been given warning? So, you know, going back to the beginning, 
Let us fear while the promise remains. And, and then here again, uh, let us be diligent to enter that rest so that no one will fall. Um, there's an implication here, not just on our own, but as a body, lifting each other up, helping each other with that. Um, we don't want to see someone fall. Um, you know, again, an army illustration comes out. You got one of your comrades going down, you're there with them, right? You're helping them with them. You're picking them up. If they're fatigued or if they're tired, they need some assistance. So you help them. Same with the body of Christ. You've got to be there with each other. And it goes, dives into the, probably one of the most uh, famous passages and just kind of just that whole background, the last you know, 11 verses just kind of really help sink in of, of what this is because you know how do we get this rest how, this is where it really answers on that um, how do we find it um, and it goes on you know the word of god is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of the soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart now you think about that a couple things really kind of stuck out to me um, number one, if, if, you, if you spend some time in God's Word, you know how true this is. Um, if you're reading Scripture, it can just sink in deep. Um, you read something, and it hits at a hard level. Um, maybe it's been numb for a while, but then all of a sudden it, it brings life to that. It may sometimes pain when it calls us out. Um, but it compares God's Word to a two-edged sword. And a lot of times when I think of swords too, what kind of imagery are we thinking of? Think of battles, right? Death, um, that um, that fierceness and everything. Uh, but if you read it uh, and everything, we see the different sides. You know, it says two edges. And we see one side that I think acts more like a, a surgeon's tool, um, kind of cutting away uh, the cancer of sin because it's um, sharper than two edges. It pierces the far division of the soul and spirit, both joints and marrow, um, and just thoughts. That's a very fine-tuned, um, you know, that there isn't much space between it. It, it is a very uh, precision work there. Um, what really hit me is, you know, it, um, it penetrates the surface religion. And it goes down to the core of the reality of where our spiritual, our, our relationship with God is. It reveals us, you know, who we truly are. And sometimes, like I said, this um, two-edged sword, I think we see that here, it can cause, you know, once we're exposed, though, what do we do with it? Um, if God's words causes hardness of the heart, we see that and we're like, no, don't want to deal with that. Um, no, I got, you know, don't want to forgive this or whatever the case is. Um, it hardens our heart. Um, it can be a symbol of that because we're not taking that and putting it in uh, our faith and action. Um, a theologian also once said, um, God's word is like a hammer, you know, used to shape and to mold us. But have you ever taken a hammer to like a handbill? Does it get molded or shaped at all? No, you can hit that anvil 500 times and it's going to hold its shape. It's not going to change a bit. Are our hearts like that? Or do we got areas in our, our lives that we're as hard as an anvil, and God is trying to shape and mold us there, but we just refuse? Um, 
we refuse that. We don't. When we lack obedience, I think what that truly is is a lack of faith in you. Um, we're not believing and living out the word as God intended. Um, I want to actually go back now to with that in mind to verse eleven. Um, where it says, you know, therefore let us be diligent to enter that rest, um, so that no one may fall um, to fall into the same example of disobedience. Um, going back to those Israelites, after they got the report and, and everything, um, they said, No, we're not gonna enter the promised land. Uh, too many things going on. God, why did you this is a good example? Be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you say to God. I found this many times true in my own life. Um, growing up in high school, we had friends that uh, helped out a lot of personal carriers over at St. Luke's, and I said I would, be, I would never, ever do that. And a few years later, I was working at a group home up in Twin Cities. Um, I told God, I am going to farm. I'm going to take over the farm. And no, <laughs> it didn't work out that way. God goes, that, good, good try. You got to get the right intentions, but no, there's something else here. I got a bigger plan, um, something different. Um, we see that in back in Exodus even further, when Pharaoh says, who is this God? You know, I don't know your God. And God goes, oh, I'm more than happy to show you. There's um, <laughs> 10 plays. Um, when God tell, um, they go, go say, we're not entering this, you know, why did you bring us here just to look into it? It's better that we died in, um, in the wilderness, or in, in Egypt, or in the wilderness. And God goes, okay, fine. That's what you'll do. You'll not be able to enter, you're gonna wander the wilderness until you guys all pass away. Then I'll let the new generation in. Once they said that, though, and told them God's uh, plan for them, what did the Israelites do? There's a band of them that decided, you know what? Maybe God was right. We're going to go take this land by force. And so they went, and Moses warned them, goes, like, God's not with you. Your heart is in the wrong spot. Um, yeah, that's what we said before, is to go take this land. But because you're disobedient, because you lack faith, um, I'm not with you in this. Um, and Moses warned them, their hearts are in the right place. This is not the time now. You blew it. Your chance has passed. Um, but they try to persist. They go, no, we're going to take it. And they went and they stormed and they got their butts kicked. Um, and off to the desert they went to wander for the 40 years until they passed away. The new generation came up. Um, real sobering, too, just kind of shows you know, that uh, window of opportunity for that rest. It is limited. I know we don't like to talk about that much in the church, is that, you know, it, it's, it can make us uncomfortable and stuff, but it, it's the truth. I think a lot of times we need to be a little more upfront with some of this stuff. But it, uh, there are consequences to our actions. Um, and there's going to become a time where, you know, for, for us it's, it's too late, that door is closed. Our hearts have become too hard, and we're not going to accept it. God does amazing things. He's full of grace and everything. Um, we can't try to take advantage of it. We need to, to follow through with faith. Um, verse 13 goes on from that after the, talking about God's, God's word. Um, so, you know, he can judge between this um, soul and spirit of both joints and the marrow and intentions of the thoughts and intentions of the heart it goes on to kind of give me further clarification of that and there's no creature hidden from his sight but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him 
with whom we have to do. I like what struck me about this verse here. It also three times it talks about openness. By the way, it says um, that there's no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are laid open and laid bare. Three times it really emphasizes that we can't hide from God. There is no way that we think we can outsmart him and, and hide something from him. Like he doesn't know our true intentions, that we can pull a fast one by him. Um, I just thought that's really interesting. It's a small, you know, it's not that long of a verse, but in that verse, three times it hits that hard that we can't hide from him. Um, the kids wanted me to put the, this in and everything as it, so what um, I like a good kind of like illustration of that, if you want to pull up the, the Elmer Fudd picture. Okay. Um, everyone knows Elmer Fudd, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of times, you know, we try to, we're, we're kind of like him in this picture, you know, we try to create an image or whatever, you know, you see the popped up chest looking, looking all kind of tough. But we kind of know what he, his true personality and character shape and stuff is, right? So, um, next, next one. one. So, a lot of times God exposes us of what we're trying to hide. <laughs> you know, that's kind of the reality of it. You know, and stuff we, we can we put on this image of like, you know, trying to be all this stuff and stuff like that. Is, was he fooling anybody anyway about his, his maybe appearance or anything? No. Uh, but we try, right? Um, we, we, I, so many times I try, I, I know so I try, try to go with God or whatever. You know, um, try to kind of hide, hide it and, and, and get more concealed. Be like, nope, I don't want, maybe it's just I don't want to go there. Um, sweep it under the rug kind of mentality. Um, I know we try all of those things that where God has been patiently calling us out and saying, this is an area I want to bring full rest to. Uh, I want to bring you rest. I want to bring you peace. Um, I want you to be filled up with that. Um, but I can't do that unless we address this issue. And he speaks to us and tries to get um, to get to address that issue. And we just say, no, no, no. Don't want to act like it's not there. Um, and just brush it under the rug. Yeah, we go to church or something like that. Like everything's okay. Kind of thing. We, we get that cover up. Um, it's um, thing about like I said, like who are we who are we trying to fool? God knows where our hearts are. God knows our intentions. You know, I kind of try, try to challenge myself. Don't try to cover it. Just be honest. Because that's when healing comes. That's when God's able to work through it. Um, yeah, but what does this look like? Kind of in real life. Uh, one thing our family's done too, I don't know if you guys have all seen it, but there's a, a video series out there now called The Chosen. Um, really powerful, really great way. It just kind of shows the life of Jesus and everything. And what I like about it is, you know, very scriptural based for I can see. Um, some things are kind of added in, you know, anytime you have a movie kind of made, you got the, what they call the artist, what is that term? But yeah, look, uh, they kind of make it who, who they want kind of thing. They got some some freedoms there, and you see different. What I liked about that though is you see different characters interact. A lot of times you don't kind of lead to it. You think of like each one as an individual on its own. Um, whereas you know in this time and stuff, they're interacting with each other. You know, there there's different things, and this is kind of a clip here um, about uh, Mary Magdalene and. 
what you haven't seen through most of the episode here is the struggles and stuff she's gone through. Um, it starts off showing her um, dealing with some stress and her dad coming up to her and reciting a passage. And, um, and later on you learn that she loses her dad. She goes through those things. She struggles with her demons. Um, tries to, to deal with those um, as best she knows how. Um, in all sorts of ways, and here it shows her having um, her Nicodemus uh, pass across, and he goes to try to uh, to free her from her demons, and it doesn't work. Um, just after trying these all these different things and failing, not getting that peace, that rest from all those things that are haunting her, um, in a sense tries to give up and stuff. And that's kind of what this uh, clip take uh, kind of starts with. And I just think it's I like to get a good picture of it. And I was like, what? This rest that we're talking about, like I said, there's so many different levels to it. I like to get a good solid picture to help where it has What does that look like? Um, I think this does a good job. So, Thank you. 
once you allow God's word to kind of lay us there to show us pure students, um, identify uh, those issues, um, just allowing him to remove that sin through obedience, make sure um, um, also remove that sin through faith, all through obedience so it doesn't go back. Many a lot of times, too, the rest is just a regular checkups, you know, in this word. You know, it's hiding in our hearts, and that's probably one thing that I struggle with most is like memorizing it, you know, word for word. Um, but going back to the image of, you know, being forged and, and, and refined by God, um, if we're getting heated up for like one hour on a Sunday morning, we're going to get lukewarm. Maybe, oh, that's kind of nice, get, you know, feel a little bent or something in there, but it doesn't last before it changes. You know, we need to be in God's word every day, constantly getting back from the heat. Um, you see the blacksmiths, you know, as it starts to pull down, they throw it in the heat, they throw it in the bills, they crank it up so it's being able to shape again. Um, we need to do that with our lives, constantly in God's word, hiding um, our hearts so when we need a bill on full of air to ignite that flame, um, we're able to get it. Get it. Um, as God's word says, I'm meditating on it day and night. Um, to use the body of Christ, it says, you know, iron sharpens iron. Use it from another jet to help encourage to build up. Um, to gently call out sometimes areas where we're falling behind. Um, this talks about, too, you know, the respect in someone's eye, but finding your own. Sometimes we just need someone to help point that out. We need to be just humble about that and to accept that. Um, but again, or through the body. Um, we just have someone else to help answer those, those questions for us. And we're sitting there filling each other up. We're getting filled and rest. Then we can pass it along to others. Um, we can't give something that we don't have. If we don't have peace and rest, how are we going to share with others? We need to be together to fill each other up so we can go and help those find rest that aren't here today. That desperately rest we need. Just around any other station, you can see how the other world is. The gospel pressures that they need that peace on the rest. So I'm going to close the prayer for now. Father God, we just thank you so much for being the God of rest. And God of peace, Lord, it's something that we can go to and just have our burdens lifted. And Lord, it's, what's awesome about that is um, you understand those struggles, Lord. You came down and lived that, that human life. You went through those experiences, and you know the feeling of some of those burdens, Lord. Um, you can relate to us in those. I just thank you for that, Lord. Um, Lord, I just pray that you just help us to, to take your, your word seriously, Lord, to follow through. On what we read and put faith and give something to that, we can heal you. And just the whole thing. We get that. Help us not to be like the Israelites that we can so close we can see it. We just don't take that final step in. Help us just to lift one another up in that word. That's what we need to share with others. That's one of the greatest wishes that you give the church that is to, to share that with others. What a great honor and responsibility that is. Help us to do it more efficiently.
history, all these things. Closing hymn is number 363. To God be the glory. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord look his face down upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you in favor and keep you in his perfect rest. And may the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you.